0: This is Paul Nobles from Eat Perform, and I am here with what we refer to as the OG meeting, which is a Q&A that we do once a month with all of our members from way back in the day, right? And um, <laughs> I think I think there's, there's a part of me that gets a little offended when we have a low turnout for these because we have, you know, 10,000. or whatever but i think also there's a part of there they kind of already get it you know um last week we had uh, a podcast that turned out great by the way um the january new podcast if you get a chance definitely listen to that even if you've been around for a long time because it's going to reaffirm a lot of things that we've been talking about for years but also kind of bring up some some new ideas um And, and kind of hit home on some of the reality of it. And that's a little bit of what um, the beginning. Um, and so I'm, I'm here with uh, Carolyn Melee. Um, I'm being told that my internet connection is a little unstable. So it's going in um, and out I may a little have bit. To turn. Okay. Um, all right. So, well, <laughs> we'll try and work with that. I uh, maybe maybe I can come off a camera and see if that works, and so you will be able to hear me, but you will not be able to see me. So this is this is the problem with traveling internet, right? Um, so, all right. Uh, as you heard, that was Becky Lee, coach for Etherform perform in the background, letting me know that my internet's not great, and then Carolyn Melee. Is going to be the person that, that runs through all the questions that all of you have. So make sure to just throw those into the chat as soon as possible and we'll get into it. So today somebody sent me a file and it really bothered me because, you know, if you've been doing this for a long time or or even if you haven't, you know, there's a lot about this that that breaks a lot of rules related to what we all think we know about dieting, right? And how, you know, you need to feed your workouts most of the time, and then want to make sure that we're dieting as little as possible in the process. And, you know, it's really a long term point of view. But at the same time, you know, I feel like within I think the minute you hit AP or PR, you kind of feel, you know, the magic of what we're talking about, right? Because most people are really scared to, to, you know, add calories back in. And as we start to do that, and as people are staying weight stable, they, they sort of get that piece at that point. And then that's really where the magic is at. And so a lot of times when people come in and they start in with fat loss, and, and, you know, maybe they were under eating a bit, um, and, and not seeing the amazing results that other people are seeing, they'll get a little frustrated, but that wasn't what bothered me. Cause that, you know, that's common, right. Is that, you know, you're starting something new, um, you kind of just dipping your toe in you're not necessarily going all the way, right. Because, you know, let's be real. Most of us have been burned by diets in the past. And so... You know, what we try to do every single day is put out information that gives you a little bit more peace of, you know, all the nuggets that you're gonna need to succeed, but also kind of inform you along the way, right? Like a lot of a lot of places, you know, they want to make it seem like the the numbers are the magic. The numbers are maybe 10% of the whole deal, right? Um the only numbers that I would say are, are more are when you start to add in more food. But the piece that bothered me was um, the person in the file, their support system was less than supportive. And um, I don't understand that. And, and, and I have to say, you know, some of this has come from a great deal of psychotherapy. Right. The uh, you know, if you don't know, um, I have been sober for almost 35 years now in that process. I mean, I started when I was was 17 years old. Um, you know, when I go to like the AA pin meetings and stuff like this, um, the one thing that I try to, to, to say to the young people in that group, Who often are similar to dieters, right? They're like, I don't know if I can do this, you know? And I say, Look, you have one example. That example is me. I am here. I've been here for 30, 35 years, right? I try to let people know it's possible, you know, but it's not possible if you aren't diligent day to day to day, right? And there's a lot of parallels to dieting in that regard. But through that, You know, psychotherapy. When I was really, really young, and I still go to a therapist to this day. um, I've learned to surround myself with people that are supportive. Now, you know, we all know that that's not a hundred percent deal, right? So you 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 have some family. You know, um, I I remember. uh, You know, when I was in treatment, they wanted me to go to Minnesota, where I ultimately landed. And where I lived to this day um, with my wife. And the you know, my dad was like, well, why why did why does he need to go so far away? Why to uh, you know, what's the meaning of all that? and and the therapist looked at him and said, "It's you. He needs to be away from you. you know and and she wasn't meaning it in a mean way she was just saying that he needs to be out on his own and he needs to fail and he needs to process things and he needs to work through issues that he has my dad of course didn't take it that way um and my dad can be very negative and unsupportive even to this day but i am a full grown man right and as a full grown man i let him know where my boundaries are we were Um, this was probably, I would say maybe I was 22 or 23 and I, you know, had been sober five years at that point. Uh, you know, I was with my future wife, um, the, you know, I was well into college at that point. I, I, you know, had, had started two or three businesses. So I was really successful, um, in a very short period of time but when i would get with my dad some of his messaging wasn't great you know and at one point we had kind of a little bit of a blow up and he you know he said he said you're a loser and you're always going to be a loser for the rest of your life and we were driving on the 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 highway you know and of course there's a little context missing but anybody that says that to you you know, it, you know, one thing I want to say is that it's not about you, right? And it took me a long time to figure that out, that it was really about him and his insecurities and his need to control me and and all this stuff. And he was seeing that he could no longer control me in that way. And so I said, you know, we're on, we're on, we're in Chicago on a busy highway, and I was like, stop the car. You know, I was like, pull over. I'm out, you're never seeing me again, no one in my life talks to me like that and no one's gonna talk to me like that. And as I was looking at this file and this woman is describing her husband and what he's saying to her in this situation. The thing that I was thinking about was she is on, comfortable establishing the boundaries that she needs to set for herself right and as a parent it's interesting because my daughters have gone through various phases things that my wife Vicky and I didn't always support right or didn't always understand why they would want to go in that direction or 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 this and that but as parents What I did is learning from that, that initial conversation with my therapist was let them figure it out by themselves. The more you get in the way, the more you try to fix it, the worse it's going to be. Right. And so when my daughter says she wants to be this, you know, there's nothing in me that's ever going to say, don't do that right? That's a bad path for you. You're not smart enough or something of that nature, right? It's just not in my DNA. And, you know, whether, whether my dad would like it or not, I, I learned that from him. I learned what not to be. And I will say in defense of my dad, he is a lot better. <laughs> you know, he still has moments, um, but he is a lot better. And, and, and you know, I think he would actually be comfortable um, with me saying this to you because he understands that, you know, I'm the generation trying to break free of the previous generations and the way that, you know, men are thought of and and the way that, you know, parents, you know, like I remember a big thing, you know, is like kids should be seen and not heard or something, right? That was a big thing in the South um my my kids their whole life have been treated as if they were adults you know and so it's very common like we when we went to jackson mississippi to visit them one time i'm just watching my daughter who is 17 years old having conversations with all these family members just like she is an adult right and the reason why she's comfortable doing that is because she was always treated as a human being, and and so so I think that that's really important. But I think for the for the person, I'm not really talking to the person that you know is going through this big life change, right? Let's be real here. Like eat to perform is a big life change. You're changing the way that you're working out. You're changing the way you eat. there's all these interventions that are happening. I'm talking to the guy. Like, what makes you want to discourage the person from being who they want to be, right? And then all of a sudden, now they're second guessing, you know, their choices along the way. And then all of a sudden, it allows them to quit. And so, so, you know, there's one other thing that before we get to Q&A that I wanted to talk about. And, and it's another example of, of when you want to change, you can't do it casually. You have to go all in. You have to both feed in and you really have to, to give it a shot. And and if you want to put a time limit on it, because I'm I'm gonna be truthful. Most people that fail at anything, they fail at it because their time limits are too restrictive, right? And so, you know, there's a lot of people that are coming in right this time of year that want the whole world within two weeks, right? That's the wrong time limit, obviously. But I think if you can give each Perform a year, you'll eventually get to that place with the food and and the understanding and these kind of, you know, uh, meetings and such where you'll realize what the path forward, is for you right or you'll quit because you're not ready right and we talk about that a lot you know but sometimes people aren't ready to change their whole life you know and i was lucky at 17 that i was ready to change my whole life i just remember at that time you know going i was supposed to be somebody and i'm not and i'm on the wrong path and I'm gonna go be somebody, you know. And 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 I never stop. You know, that is one thing about me. I am fairly resilient in that regard. But there was a there was a point you need to perform. This was probably two years then. And in in that two years, we exploded. I mean, it was like we took over the whole internet. You know, um, we went from zero. I mean, I remember having to beg people at my gym to like my page. Um, and then by the, by, you know, three months, you know, we had had 200,000 followers, you know, within, you know, I'd say year and a half, we had a million followers, um, Facebook sort of changed, um, in that time, you know, right now we have 1.5 million followers, um, but they sort of changed how they did it a little bit. Otherwise I think, um, you know, we would probably still be doing things the way that, um, we were doing things back in then, but, but it like literally just caught fire. And in that two years, I was still figuring out a lot of things about this. I, I didn't, you know, I thought I would be talking to middle-aged guys like me. Right. I'm looking at this phone or this screen and I don't think there's one guy on here. Right. Um, and, and so, it was it was kind of a revelation to me, and it shouldn't have been, right? I mean, it's talking about dieting and fat loss, but but it it was all women. It was all women all the time. And I remember the first the first thing we did this was, I could see it was just exploding and and within the first month, we did a cinnamon roll challenge. and and uh, the cinnamon roll challenge was basically you just have a cinnamon roll for dinner or, or, or before bed, right? And all I was trying to prove to people was that they weren't going to become obese because they ate a cinnamon roll before bed. And uh, some of them lost weight. It was, probably, it was probably, I'd say 200 people did it and they were talking about it in the, every day we would talk about the cinnamon roll challenge and people were like, this is like life-changing stuff here. You know, I'm like, you're just eating a cinnamon roll. That's it, it's no big deal, you know? And and I didn't have any idea what this was gonna become. I didn't have any idea of what we would do, but what what became very clear very fast was there was just a large amount of help that was needed. And so, so luckily I had many businesses previous to this, so I kind of knew the steps to 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 getting everybody what they needed so we could, you know, kind of create a business out of it. And in that process, I made a mistake, you know, just, you know, we'll call it an accounting mistake just, you know, so we don't have to have be on this conversation for two hours. But the mistake, in, in essence, cost me over $100,000, right? And, um, so imagine the scenario, right? Where everything that you could ever want, right? You have this fulfilling job where you're helping people all day long, but you make this one mistake, person takes advantage of it and you lose $100,000. And um, I remember talking to someone who had never had you know, this kind of success and they, they, were, they were on staff and they 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 weren't being unsupportive, but they were like, you know what, this is just, you know, it's a bad break. But you know, I guess we can all look for other jobs now. And I was like, no, I'm not built like that. I was like, you know, for one, I've lost a hundred thousand dollars before, you know, so I, I know that you can go through that difficult period and and still come back from it. A lot of people don't know that. Right. And so in business, sometimes you get a bad break and, and you can still recover from it. Right. But, but what I said to the person was I lose on my terms. I don't lose on somebody else's terms, you know, and it hurt to, you know, make that situation right so that the business could go on. And obviously we've gone on to be very successful where, you know, we're eight years past that difficult period, you know, but I wasn't going to let some other person's version of who I was supposed to be, right, be what the answer was. And I, I don't know how everyone responds in that situation, but I knew the world needed each perform, right? And, and it, I also knew that we had already established a high level of success you know so there was really no reason to not continue on it was just a blip sometimes you lose money sometimes you make money hopefully you were on the good end of that most of the time and luckily for the last 10 years we have been and really there's been no looking back you know even though the followers thing you know within social media some of that's changed the business side has has grown exponentially right the idea of one on one coaching and and apps and 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 you know just all the things behind the scenes that really no one sees you know it is kind of a miracle daily and 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 i look back at that time where i could have quit you know and and luckily you know the person the minute I said that and the minute I saw the situation, the person was was supportive, right? Because that's how I surround myself. I surround myself with people that are supportive, that I mean Becky will tell you, right, <laughs> that I accept criticism as well as anyone. She knows because she's the one that's criticizing me most of the time. But but you have to surround yourself with people that tell you the truth. Right. But you also have to surround yourself with people that are supporting your bigger vision. Right. And sometimes the little details, you know, they they're not that big of a deal when when you're really focusing on the bigger picture. And so I don't know that I said it exactly the way I mean it. Right. But I just if 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 you're a dad out there, if you're a husband out there, you know if you're a wife out there and your husband's doing it or or something of that nature like allow the people to change their life with you being happy about it i always wonder about that like why why would someone chase greatness and then the other person would go you know what you really can't be that great like i i just i just you know I know we all have people like that in our lives, you know, but the more you can keep those people at a distance, the the better you are, you know? And I would argue, you know, I love my dad, but we got to have rules about my dad, (laughs) you know, like uh, my dad has a complicated relationship with his brain, you know, and he, he, he can't not say what he thinks, you know, and that could be exhausting, you know, and, um, you know, every now and again, you know, do I miss having my broader family around me? Do I miss being around my dad? Do I miss my dad not being able to see my girls grow up in things of this nature? I do, but, but my destiny was to become who I am now. And and that required, you know, me to establish really strong boundaries. And I know some of you have been in relationships with people for a very long time that haven't been supportive. And it's gonna be real tough for you to stand up to those people and say, we're changing the rules right now. You're gonna be supportive of me. But I just just trust me for the rest of your life you know, you will appreciate that you did that, and they will appreciate that you did that also, right? Because now they know what lines not to cross with you. So, all right, let's get into some questions here.
1: Okay, uh, Suzanne has a question. Fat loss for me is really tough when I travel a lot, and I do travel quite a bit. Eating out happens a lot. What's the best way to stay on track while traveling? And Becky has actually put a link in here to the podcast um, we did with Jeff as well. So I
0: am currently traveling. And so so the, the podcast with Jeff was really, really good. And you should definitely listen to it. And now I'm going to tell you that um, <laughs> not every coach is going to be in favor of what I'm about to tell you. But I think when it comes to traveling, you have to do what works right? And so I do have a a history of fasting. I'm comfortable fasting. And so for me, um, right now, I'm traveling. Um, I'm actually down quite a bit of weight um, in what has been about 10 to 12 days. Uh, Now, we'll say in the 10 days that we were traveling and eating pretty free, you know I didn't feel right hundred percent of the time, right i'm I'm driving, we're we're going to funerals. There's just a lot of things going on, you know. But in terms of staying weight stable and things of this nature, you know, I mostly moved to a one meal a day strategy, and then I just ate whatever I wanted to eat. You know, usually we were driving so you know around three or four um we would start looking at Yelp to see what restaurants we would want to go to in the area that we were going to land and we went to a lot of great places you know we had dinner with Becky in in Dallas at a great Italian place and you know I do like when I'm traveling just to kind of have that one meal so that you know I can eat pretty much whatever I want you know now I'm not necessarily looking to lose weight but it is sort of a side effect as we go. There were some other side effects that aren't particularly great. Um, And so once we got to Utah and could start going back to eating three, four meals a day, I've said this a million times related to intermittent fasting, is that the secret to intermittent fasting is the intermittent part. Don't do it forever. And so as I moved into eating normal once we got here and we started having salads and and fiber and and all the things that constitute my my the way that I normally eat you know a lot of things changed for the better right i'm i'm not chewing on tums because i ate late in the day and you know um, my sleep you know ends up being better you know kind of in the consistent way that i eat normally um certainly it's nice to have some level of flexibility. My wife has an example of this is a little bit of an adjustment. She doesn't like going the whole day most days. Usually when I say the whole day, um, we usually have the one big meal um around like four or five o'clock. And so um it it's usually pretty early, and then we will have like a dessert later on. Um so kind of keep that in mind that, that it's not like this really super restrictive thing. Um, and the more rules you create about it, that's just like rules in your head. They don't really matter. What really matters is the calories, right? So when I go out to eat with Becky and we have this huge pasta de- meal, you know, we're having appetizers and bread and all this other st- type of stuff. The reason why you can get away with it is because you put all your calories in one meal, right? And then there was the the crumble cookie <laughs> afterwards um, that was also quite good. But once again, the calories were able to stay within what my normal calorie intake is and actually a little bit less. And that's why you know I lost some weight along the way. The other strategy would be kind of low carb, right? Um, all the rules that you normally have with Eat and Perform, when I'm traveling, if it's not – so there there are trips that, you know, if you go to Las Vegas, you know, I'm not suggesting you should fast, you know, while going on a trip where food might be the – food and drink is the primary deal, right? At that point, you know, enjoy your food, enjoy your time. I'm talking about if it's work and you go to an area for a week or something of this nature, you know – Fasting or relatively low carb can really help. You know, I I will say I don't love the, you know, 50 grams, like, like the ketosis people like, you know, usually I'll stay around a hundred, a hundred and fifty. Yeah. I'll probably have oatmeal in, in the morning. And then usually I'll have like some kind of dessert. But like I said, the fasting works so well for me. That's what I do, you know? but for you, low carb might work for you. So that works for you. Um, I will say that if you're in fat loss, I would default to the low carb, maybe delay like your first meal or something like that. And also remember that for women fasting, you know, isn't as great. That's why we make that adjustment with my wife, you know, is that you know, she, she just, it, it doesn't work as well, right? That's, that's the long story short, you know, for some people it can, you know, and if you're comfortable with it, it's fine. I would say a lot of it comes down to how you ate the night before um, on the days where we have like big steak meals and, and nice cheesecake for dessert and stuff like that, getting to four or five o'clock, even later, no problem. Right. But if I have a salad the night before, I'm probably going to be hungry. And if I'm hungry, by the way, I'm not going to sit there and suffer for five hours. I'll just eat. Right. So don't like, I say this all the time with fasting because the intermittent fasters want to have these arguments all the time. And I'm like, look, I am a fasting advocate, but fasting is simply a tool for managing your caloric intake. That's it. Right. And it is a very valuable tool, especially in fat loss, especially in traveling, but it's not magic, you know. And anytime someone wants to teach you that something's the magic, run as far as you can, as fast as you can. Right. It's always going to be the calories. And then calories can't always stay low. That's the basic message of eat reform. So hopefully, one of those strategies works for you really well. Um, and I would also probably stay away from alcohol as much as possible, or, you know, if, if, you know, alcohol has to be part of the deal, um, you know, obviously keep it in moderation. You know, I know sometimes there's a lot of social pressure, um, as a sober person, you know, um, I, I've gotten social, uh, pressure from, uh, you know, business settings in the past, but obviously for me, it's sort of a non-starter for you. You know, if you can moderation or add some water when they're not looking or something, they can make a big difference, but, but certainly in fat loss, um, this is actually one of the biggest changes you need to perform, you know, is that we just find it's better if you can avoid alcohol during fat loss, you know, and that was such a big struggle for me because for the longest time. I wanted, I feel like if you're going to, if you're going to do something, eventually you should have it be part of your plan. But we've just seen over and over that people that abstain from alcohol can lose four to five pounds more. So why wouldn't you do it? Right. All right. Next question. Hopefully that helped. If if there's something that I didn't cover, go ahead and uh,
1: go ahead and hit me up. Um, Lisa's asking, I'm not clear on the exercise aspect of this program. I'm in AP and about to start fat loss two. I do orange theory fitness, which is a lot of cardio. I burn 650 plus calories in an hour. Is this workable? Maybe not on low days. So first of all,
0: you don't burn 650 calories. (laughs) Um, This is one of the hardest things for all of us to understand with all of our different wearables and things of this nature and if there was one wearable that was the right one that did get it all right that one would also get it wrong right because the way that you burn calories is largely dependent upon how much you're eating how your body responds to that how much sleep you got right? So so your 650 from Orange Theory is an estimate. Well, if I own Orange Theory, that estimate's going to be high, right? Because I want it to seem like what you're paying for is giving you the most bang for your buck. That doesn't make Orange Theory evil. But what it does say is that you're not burning 650 calories and you're not going to see, we see this all the time. You know, we have somebody... You know, I saw a file today where the person was at the lowest and they're talking about, you know, how their calorie burn is is close to their calories, you know, and they're freaking out. And I'm just like, well, first of all, you have every pound of fat in your body is thirty five hundred calories. So your body will be fine. Right. Um, And. Most people, if you're sitting at twenty-five to thirty percent, right, and let's say that you're, let's just use a, you know, a whole number, um, you basically would have forty-five pounds that you could burn through before it would ever become a problem, right? Um, I mean, maybe half of that it would be an issue, but you know, you kind of get my point, right? Is that you being at low calories? for two weeks is not, you're not going to, to, you know, suddenly implode, right, because of lack of calories. The more, it, the bigger issue for that person was that she came to us eating low calories, right? And so, you know, um, if you're burning the candle at both ends and, you know, all these different things, um, you're gonna see some things that, you won't necessarily like, right? Now in your situation, if you came to as overfed, you're moving into fat loss two, you had a great fat loss one, and now you're at Orange Theory, could you um, not do that on low days? It kind of depends. I mean, I would say for me, I would avoid Orange Theory if I was a, a morning workout person, the following morning after a low day right so like if you're a morning workout and it's your low day it 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 will suck as you go throughout the day but you actually have food from your medium day the day before right and i mean if the goal is to you know lose weight there are going to be some advantages to actually you know kind of put put there's sort of a pull on your body as you go through it. Right. Um, and so I, I don't like to hold rules like that. I, I learned a long time ago that, you know, I can get away with a lot more than what I can, what I think I can. Um, that said, you know, a lot of it depends on when you work out, you know, and, and how you feel overall, but, but some of my lowest days, you know, I mean, I used to think, man, I I worked out at 6 p.m. And I used to think, there's no way I could work out. I just don't have any energy. And depending on what the workout was, you know, I would do fine. And and it took me years to figure that out, right? That I, you know, acute food hardly matters. Sometimes it matters, but it hardly matters, right? Right. Because the majority of your food, the majority of how you work out really is more dependent on the calories throughout the week, right? And so, so you might surprise yourself, but if you find yourself in a difficult situation and you don't have a lot of energy, you know, instead of trying to get that 650 plus burn on that day, just modify down to about four hundred. You know, don't you know? Give sixty percent on that day, right? You already showed up. You know, you're not feeling hundred percent. Just give yourself the grace on that day that you know you just didn't have it, and it's not that big of a deal because your biggest priority right now. One of the one of the problems with Orange Theory, and I, you know, I know some of the higher ups at Orange Theory, right? I'm a big fan of Orange Theory. But the problem I have with Orange Theory is that you exercise to get better at exercise. It's kind of hard to get better at Orange Theory, right? Because the whole idea is you're burning calories, you know? And the science really shows what I'm saying, right? That that burning calories is kind of marginal um it's certainly not necessary for fat loss the reason why you do it is so that you can hold on the muscle and, and things of this nature but if you're doing orange theory to burn calories to lose weight there's much more effective ways to do that right now there are a lot of people that like orange theory workouts right and so those are fine to do but I, the part I struggle with is like, how are you measuring it? Are you focusing on getting better? Do you realize that getting better is important, right? Those are the things with Orange Theory. But in terms of fat loss and and trying to get the most out of fat loss too, I'll just tell you straight up, you do way better walking, right? Because you can actually get a lot more out of walking without that feeling of oh my god i'm starving right because when you when you burn that many calories you know while like i said the science is sort of unclear in the way that your body is responding to those calories you know there is a point where it's like oh my god i'm starving and then you know diet adherence becomes an issue that is very rare with walking you know So a lot of the times, you know, when we're just polishing off somebody's fat loss, we'll move them to, you know, maybe one or two days working out and then more days walking, you know. Um, And, you know, we've seen people that benefit four to five pounds from that. So if your goal is to lose more weight, I would suggest that as things become more difficult, you modify things down maybe look at walking more not saying don't you know lift weights or don't you know do your workouts keep those in place because you want to keep that habit in place but what you don't want to do is go oh i didn't feel great at orange theory today because i'm in a diet cycle and maybe i should stop this you you got to pick right and if you're in fat loss see it through and pick fat loss and and what would get you the best result for fat loss because orange theory is going to be there when we kick your calories up a thousand. And that's when you go back to get better at orange theory.
1: Okay. Um, There's a client asking, um, I'm definitely one who did not see amazing things with fat loss one completed AP and today starts PR finally adjusting to the process, taking time, how would you anticipate fat loss two looking differently? So it's going to be rare
0: that it's going to be magically a lot better than fat loss one, right? Fat loss one would typically be the best. And then you're going to see less of a result in fat loss two. Now you might be an outlier, right? So let me give you an example where you would be an outlier you come to us eating 1400 calories and you don't have a great fat loss one. Now we move you up to, to 2000 and in fat loss one, you kind of didn't have all the things nailed down, right? Like, like what I just talked about in the last two weeks, moving to walking, um, you know, maybe maybe you were, you know, giving us rainbow macros, you know, where where you are kind of yellow, green and red, you know, most of the time. And then now you're planning your meals ahead of time, and you got everything nailed down in fat loss too. There's a lot of circumstances where um you can see a better result. But if you came to us under eating and you kind of know you came to his under eating, you're probably not going to see an amazing result in fat loss too. And what I would do, here's what I would do in your situation. I would go through the first two weeks. Okay, this is something that I definitely want to talk about. Um, and and I'm going to finish what I'm saying. But but I definitely want to talk about this um, afterwards as we start to get deeper into to the cycle. So hold on one second. I want to write this note um, as you get lower. All right. So you're two weeks into your fat loss too and you came down from plus 2000 calories. Hopefully at that point, you were really giving your coach greens. I'm gonna assume that you were. I'm assuming that you were killing it. I'm assuming that effort came into play and you were doing all the great things and you're really excited about jumping into fat loss too. And you're two weeks in and nothing's happening. Get out, talk to your coach and get out. You were under eating. I'm sure everyone saw the video I I said last week, but the reality of the situation is this is drop dead simple. You know, if you're struggling with fat loss one, you may have had a few bad habits, right? But you possibly were intuitively under eating. And if that was the case, well, then you really got to take your medicine. And, And like I said in the video last week, you kind of got to take your medicine for like six months. You know, every time I see a file, right, what I see is the person goes through fat loss. And I, I will tell you that every person is different, right? So if a person is banging their head against the wall, they've been in PR for two months, And every single day they wake up complaining that they're not in fat loss. I can't lie to you. We don't know whether or not that person is going to have success or not. Right. But we know that, you know, fighting with that person every single day and keeping them out of fat loss isn't necessarily going to be helpful for their mental health. Right. So we then put them into fat loss. Right. So they spent 30 years under eating. Right. And then. They come to us, they do fat loss, they don't have a lot of success, move them to AP, they get more calories than they've ever eaten before for two weeks, right? Suddenly that did not reestablish your metabolism, right? So you go into fat loss too, you realize, okay, I hear what Paul's saying, now all of a sudden I'm gonna go in, I'm gonna do what he says, I'm gonna move to PR, and I'm gonna be in PR, and the whole time I'm in PR, I'm gonna complain to my coach about, you know, why I'm not losing weight. And then the coach is gonna say to you, you're getting more food, you're doing more things, your sex life is better, you're, you know, your whole world improves, every day is rainbows, except for the scale that day, right? And And that's when you kinda gotta break the habit or you kinda gotta fail again. Right? Because if you're not willing to take the medicine to get better, you're just not ready. This is the second time I brought this up in, on this call. Right? And I'm not saying you look, here's what I would suggest for you go into fat loss two, listen to everything I'm saying, crush fat loss two, and hopefully you lose more weight than you did in fat loss one because you have more information. We don't know, we don't know what, what kicks things in gear for every single person. But what we do know beyond a shadow of a doubt is the longer you can stay without dieting, the better it is for you, right? And we have thousands of examples, right? That you can look at in photos that talk about this all the time. I had My coach moved me to performance. I moved to performance for six months. It was uncomfortable. I didn't like it. I wasn't losing weight. And now I've lost 20 pounds, right? Because that's how it works. That's how metabolism works. But going into fat loss too, you know, um, you think of it like you're going to have success, right? A lot of times, if if you open up that door mentally that I can stop in two weeks, you know, that can be a killer for people because then they're not as consistent as they could have been they aren't burning the candle, you know. I mean, the whole idea, you know. I'm not, you know. I talk badly about burning the candle at both ends, but the reality is, is that we do six weeks so that you can burn the candle at both ends, right? Here is a big thing, and I, I'm gonna make sure that Kelsey gets this as a clip. When we lower your calories, it's about 250 calories, right? typically between, I mean, there might be one or two that's a little bit different, but in general, it's about 250 calories. That is about a half a pound a week, right? So there's a lot of people that go, pull me down as low as possible, as fast as possible. Well, one, you're you're naturally going to lose a lot of opportunity. What you wanna be able to do is milk those top levels as long as possible and people go well you know the top levels were higher calories at 1500 1700 calories is not higher calories. you should see some progress at those levels and your coaches would then go okay they they lost four pounds maybe they would have wanted to lose a little bit more pounds but you know They may not have planned the day before coming out the gate. There's a lot of things that can help. What we often see is that by week four, week five, people are putting the puzzle pieces together and they're at their lowest calories. So they think their lowest calories was the thing that did the the big thing. It's only 250 calories lower. It's only half a pound a week what really did the thing was you going from 5000 steps to 10000 steps was you going from i'm going to wing it and then you know i had some extra goldfish when i was fixing my kids lunches and stuff like that to being really serious right and so kind of keep that in mind that if you if you think well i'm just going to suffer more it's not the suffering doing the magic. It's not the suffering doing the work, right? It's effort, it's consistency, it's planning, you know, the day before, it's all these tips that that allow, it's steps, it's, you know, kind of keeping your workouts moderate so that, you know, um, you're allowing your cortisol levels to stay somewhat regulated. Those are the things that make the big difference. But But if in your head, you know, you know, I did have some drinks that one day, but then I ate salads all week. You know, you weren't overeating, you know, so kind of keep that in mind. But but once again, go into fat loss too, as if you're going to have success, right? Definitely do not take what I'm saying and go, okay, he says I need to eat more because I don't know. And Carolyn doesn't know and Becky doesn't know either. We get the data and once we have the data then we can make decisions right but there's a lot of this that we don't know because every person's a little bit different but what we do know is that there's some basic guidelines that we make our decisions off of that that other companies pretend that this doesn't even exist right and so when we talk about getting food up normalizing food things of this nature you know we're actually giving you Real, real tangible information that can help you long term. A lot of times, when you buy even some really expensive coaches, you know, they're just going to tell you, "Well, reduce your sodium intake." You know, um, drink more water. You know, they're essentially like a weight loss cheerleader, right? And and oftentimes, you know, the one thing that they could use to their advantage of adding more food um, strategically they ne- they never really do that part or they they add 50 calories here or whatever and that was a little bit of the article that i wrote this week is that you know if you're not if you're not going down you know if you're if you're going down 50 calories it doesn't do much and if you're going up 50 calories it doesn't do much you really got to have bigger jumps both down and up now a lot of companies do the 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 bigger jumps down part real well right? But they don't do the bigger jumps up. And so, you know, many of you have been using programs like that got stuck at 1400 calories, you know, and just because you deviated from those 1400 calories, you know, five days during the holidays doesn't necessarily mean that you were over consuming or that you stimulated your metabolism to a point where you would have success the way that, you know, Sarah Hoffman, who eats 2,700 calories a day for eight eight months out of the year, right? She's going to have more success than you, right? So when you see her and you see the success that she's had in a lot of other people, you know, it's it's not a secret. It's the 2,700 calories, right? Um, And 2,700 calories might not be your answer, but it's definitely more calories most of the time. So go into fat loss too, give it your best evaluate at two weeks and if you're not down three or four pounds get out right because it's going to be the best answer for you long term and give yourself that six months look if you've been frustrated with dieting your whole life and you haven't been able to get to where you're going what's the difference between two months and six months right what's the hurry you know what i mean it's like people get frustrated because their goal is weight loss it's like well you know it, it's like you 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 were a football player and you ripped up your knee, and now you're you're frustrated because you're on the sideline. It's like, well, you ripped up your knee. You're supposed to be on the sideline, right? And that's what happens in PR is that people are taking their medicine, they're doing great. their life has changed. They have ice cream with their kids. the 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 whole family looks different. But every day they wake up, you know, hating the scale when the scale is actually, as long as you're in a relative range, you're doing great, right? What you don't know is kind of the big secret, right? Like if you have 20 to 30 pounds to lose, you don't know that. And so hopefully all the progress that people have seen over the years, you can look at that and go, that's my path because that person took that path. I don't want you comparing yourself to those people But I think seeing that path is helpful. All right, speed round.
1: (laughs) Okay, Tina's asking, um, to add to the eating while traveling question, how do you really track when you are out of the country when you don't know how it was cooked and their food is different than ours and you can't always get a healthy snack when you need it?
0: So there's two ways to answer that that are really easy. One, kind of doesn't matter As long as, like I said, you're staying. I mean, it kind of sounds like you're talking about a fun vacation, right? If we're having a fun vacation, I really don't think you should be worrying about that. You know, there's go look at the main page. The the woman talked about she was Thailand. She wasn't tracking. Um, She came back and she was down two pounds, right? So there's a lot about this. You know you shouldn't be in fat loss. Um, you know if you're going to Jamaica or something like that. But if it's if it's business, like I said, you can you can do the suggestions that I I I made. The other suggestion that other people make is that um, they estimate. Now, when you're estimating, I'm just going to tell you this: there's more butter in everything that you eat <laughs> traveling than you could ever think right? And so all these people that talk about low carb, it's hilarious. The majority of the calories come from like these, these really nice restaurants and things of that nature come from fat, right? They come from, come from uh, what are all the really special, you know, truffle butters and, and, and things of that nature, right? Um, And so definitely estimate that you got more fat in those meals in a lot of cases right but but a lot of people if they are resigned to tracking they do estimate so that is the answer to that but uh i would kind of estimate a little bit higher than you think because that's what makes the food taste so good when you're traveling all right
1: Okay. uh, Last one's from Debbie. Um, She's struggling to get seven plus hours of sleep a night due to a traumatic event in my life four years ago. I'm working out to ensure my body is tired every day, but my brain doesn't shut off when I hit the pillow. I don't like taking medication to make me sleep as I feel terrible the next morning and drag my butt all day. How drastically does sleep impact weight loss, especially if you are only getting four to five hours of sleep? It's drastic,
0: you know, because it's not allowing your your body right to um, to repair right and keep the muscle that you need. Um, You know, there's something. You know, I'm sorry that you're dealing with whatever trauma happened to you, um, but it's very possible that you know there's cortisol. What I will tell you right out the gate is if you're in fat loss stop right um if 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 like for instance you came to us in fat loss and you're sleeping four to five hours a day let's at least move you back to normal with food to see if the food can help right um for me that was a big one you know um i would go on these prolonged dieting cycles for a long time and wonder why i was sleeping four hours a night and, and taking melatonin just to get to sleep, um, you know, you can put the puzzle pieces together once you have more food, right? So that that's one thing that can help. Um, sleep is one of these things that you're never going to perfect per per se, right? I I struggle with insomnia most of my life. I still have issues, right? Um, I actually sleep seven plus because I'm able to nap, right? I think napping, um, if you can, can be a game changer. I know not everybody can, um, which sucks, right? I believe work productivity would go up a ton um, if, you know, workplaces had nap pods and you know, would allow people that are working in hybrid or whatever to, you know, take a nap. I think if I had the option between, you know, a nap or, um, uh, you know, uh, going to lunch for an hour, I, w- I would pick a pick a nap every single time. You know, especially if uh, you know, I just I just find myself so much more productive when I do it that way. Um, You know, there's just a lot of things. It's such a complicated problem, right? But if you're sleeping four to five hours and your calories are, you know, 1300 and they've been 1300 for a long time, let's at least look at food first, right? Because if you look at cortisol, and this is actually one of the things, we talk about it all the time. Uh, There was a great podcast we did with Susan on it. Um, I'm shocked that other people, I, the, the idea that low carb suggests that they could actually be better with cortisol is the biggest lie that, that could possibly exist on the planet. Cortisol is an antagonist to insulin. So when you're eating more calories and more carbs specifically, it actually keep your cortisol lower. Right, So if your calories are low and even in a balanced way, your carbs are going to be relatively low, your cortisol might be high. So I understand there's the trauma piece, right? And I agree with you, uh, you know, taking medication is known to not actually help, you know, sleep cycles and the repair that you actually need. But at the same time, if I was sleeping four hours a night, I don't have a diet problem, Right. Like, like, I don't have a weight problem. You know, I got to fix the, the sleep part first. You know, that's, that's my biggest priority in life at that point. You know, now the nice thing is with the way that we do it, we can actually help you with your sleep. There is no one that has tried more. Well, I mean, there are probably more than a few people that have tried, tried a few things, but you know, I have tried everything related to sleep and and you know i've got it all right i've got the blackout shades you know the room temperature at 64 you know i take a hot bath um before bed sometimes when i'm struggling with sleep so there's a lot of things that you can do but the first thing you need to do is get out of fat loss if you are in fat loss so um, i don't know has she followed up at all
1: i looked. she is in fat loss
0: okay yeah First thing you got to do is get out of fat loss because, because four to five hours sleep, I understand that you had, had trauma and to a certain extent, some of my issues were kind of, you know, done related to like some prolonged stuff from my past as well. But, you know, the, even in my case, um, the goal isn't perfection, right? It's just better. But I can tell you right now, you know, if I sleep five hours and I nap for an hour and a half, um, you want to be that person, you know, that, that, that person is just living a more full life, you know, and, and while I definitely appreciate the trauma and I hope you're getting help with all that, and that can possibly help you with sleep down the line, I guarantee you, you know, that, you know, if, you've been dieting for a long time, that's part of the problem, you know? And at, at the very least, you know, give yourself six months with food and, and it would shock me if it didn't help in some way, right? And then if you if you can nap, you know, make nap a priority, It's a, it's a game changer. And the interesting thing is it's a game changer. So here's part of your problem with sleep. Part of your problem with sleep is that you sleep deeper because you only sleep four to five hours, right? And so it sets up this pattern where you get this deep sleep, but you don't necessarily get the recovery part of your sleep, right? And so you end up having to um, you end up having to go through the day with a lot more caffeine and then it, it all sets up this pattern. But the interesting part about when you can extend your sleep with a nap or, or, or by just having more sleep throughout the night is that you don't sleep as deep as quickly, right? And so it allows your sleep to extend. This is what like a lot of people, if you've ever taken melatonin, this is what melatonin does. A lot of times melatonin, you'll take it. But then all of a sudden you wake up at like two, three o'clock in the morning, you know, and, you know, you're like, uh, I'm awake, you know, but then by 7 a.m. you're like, I'm not really awake, right? I'm tired. That's another thing. Don't assume that because, you know, this happened to me last night. Um, Last night I woke up at 2.30. I ended up. You know, just laying there for a bit. I mean, the best thing that ever happened to me is don't think of your bed as a prison, right? Like, like get the fluffiest blanket you possibly can. Your bed is one of the most relaxing places you could possibly be, right? And I understand some of us, we have ADD and, and we have all these things and things going through our mind and stuff like that. I just throw on a podcast. I realize this is a very relaxing place to be. And then it allows me to get back to sleep. Now, does it allow me to get back to sleep with eight hours sleep a night? No. But if I wake up at two and I go back to sleep at four, you know, sometimes I I do have the luxury, you know, thanks to Becky and Carolyn and all these other people, I can wake up whenever I want, you know, and, and that's a, that's a, that's something in my life that I'm very, grateful for, but it's also how I built my life, right? So I built my life so that I could work through my sleep issues, you know? And, and every day sleep is one of my biggest priorities. And it sounds like it needs to be one of your biggest priorities in that you need to do virtually everything. And I'm sure you have, and I'm sure me saying this to you is can be really, really frustrating, right? Um, but I'm I'm not telling it to you from a standpoint of here's what you do, speaking to you from the high mountain, right? I'm speaking to you from someone that knows exactly what you're experiencing. And I know what life you could have. And right now, like I said, you don't have a weight loss problem. We can deal with the weight loss problem later, right? But we got to fix this sleep now, you know, and we can help you get your food to a place that will allow you to start making progress. But I'm going to tell you, it's not progress that is overnight. It doesn't fix your sleep overnight. And so you'll you'll go two, three days and you're like, man, eating more food. Now I'm sleeping seven hours. I feel so great. And then on that fourth day, you sleep three and a half and you wake up, you know, you just gotta work through that and you gotta work to get to a better place. And to this day, I still have it. I just told you of an instance last night, but I was able to get to, to sleep. Um, in terms of your mind racing, my mind's racing nonstop, okay? Um, if, <laughs> I'm sure you can tell it by just me talking. Um, podcasts help a lot, you know? Um, I have a special pillow I bought a new pillow, cold pillow, um, to try and help me with my sleep. The problem was with that cold pillow, it was great. I still love it. I still use it occasionally. Um, but I put my phone in airplane mode. Hold on. I put my phone in airplane mode um, so that it, it doesn't get hot. And I listen to a podcast that I download um, and I put that podcast on on a sleep timer, right? Usually that sleep timer is 15 minutes and normally I get to sleep. But there's nothing that will distract your mind more than a podcast, right? Now don't do like a true crime podcast or anything like this where you're trying to solve the murder. You know, try and keep it to, to fluffy stuff that that you enjoy. My wife likes um, happier in Hollywood. Um, don't listen to anything that they say nutrition wise. Um, but that's a good podcast. Uh, you know, I've listened to it with my wife. Um, they're talking about, uh, podcasts. I've done the bedtime story podcasts, uh, where they're like reading like the instruction manuals for a microwave and stuff like that. Though like Jesse's saying, those can be helpful. They were helpful for me in the beginning, but I did kind of want a little bit more. And I did find that the podcast that all I was really trying to do was stop my mind from racing. So listening to one with, um, you know, uh, something that I'm kind of interested in, but just really stops my mind from thinking about work or, thinking about my kids or thinking about financial stuff or whatever, that's what makes the difference. All right, well, sorry, if you're watching this on YouTube, I'm sorry that you're seeing a gigantic pee, but we had internet issues. It seemed like it did kind of fix it. So that was great. And I appreciate everybody being here and all the great questions along the way. But um, man, please, 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 move to PR as soon as possible, let's fix that sleep. And then six months from now, then we'll start to deal with the fat loss. I I really hope that for all of you, like if the one thing that I really wish for all of you is that you just go, what's the difference between two months and six months if it could change my whole life, right? And that that was the revelation I needed to learn and hopefully we can teach you that as coaches along the way. So appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to you later. Bye now.